Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Today is going to be a strong and bold episode of the podcast. We have a strong, bold, and direct guest that I know if you set aside your ego, your natural defense mechanisms, the desire to say, yeah, but I can't because this episode can change everything for you. Here's why I wanted to have this conversation with this particular guest, even though our backgrounds and our businesses are very different. I wanted to have this conversation because too many of us are settling for a life we don't love in lots of dimensions. Too many of us are thinking about, dreaming about, wishing for big change, but not making it. And too many of us are telling ourselves that we can't, that it's not possible. We are giving far too much energy to why we can't and why we haven't and what's in the way when that energy could be used to explore how we can, what is possible, the changes that are available to us. Too many of us are making decisions, limiting our lives based on the way things have been or the amount of time we've put into something instead of saying, what do I really want? Because as our guest today will share, life is so short and big change is possible for you when you are more committed to what you can do and what is possible than you are committed to what you can't do and what you think is not possible. This is going to be a powerful conversation to help you break out of the limitations you have argued for, the barriers you have stayed behind. This is going to be a powerful episode to help you say, well, well, what if? What if this is possible? How could I make this work? Today, I'm talking with my friend, Rob Murgatroyd. He is a former, well, he's still a chiropractor, but he sold his successful chiropractic practice after being in the field for over 20 years because he wasn't loving it. And even though life was good, there was nothing catastrophically wrong. He was making good money. He had time freedom. He had hired other doctors and he was able to travel, but he wasn't loving it. And he was faced with a decision. I can either live this way because, hey, it's not bad. I mean, yeah, I don't love it, but isn't that life? And he said, no, that's not life. Unless I choose for it to be life, it can be more. I want it to be more. I will make it more. And he set about saying, what do I really want? And then instead of just dreaming and saying, yeah, but I mean, hey, I spent all these years and all this money becoming a chiropractor and then building this practice and it's doing really well, I'll just tough it out until retirement. He said, nope, I won't. I am going to enjoy my life. I'm going to create it as I want it to be. 
and he made it happen. And he is a wonderful example of finding a way. And for a lot of us, it's not even that life is that great and we can just settle. Life isn't that great. And we're still settling. And I want this episode to have you start thinking about what else is possible and how you can stop settling. I'm so excited to introduce you to Rob Murgatroyd and his philosophy on work hard, play hard, but more importantly than that, refusing to settle. Before we dive into the conversation, I want to let you know that today's episode is proudly brought to you by Thrive Market. I was a customer of Thrive long before they were a sponsor of the show because, number one, I like having my groceries delivered to my door so I don't have to worry about getting to the grocery store. And I love that they are making small, healthy brands more broadly available. Some of these smaller brands that maybe can't afford shelf space in a traditional grocery store and Thrive Market is giving them a marketplace so that they can establish themselves as alternatives to a lot of the big players in the food industry. And it's not just food, right? I actually get my Fat Co. skincare from Thrive Market and I spend way less on it because that's the other great thing about Thrive Market, they cut out the middleman, the distributor, and so their prices are anywhere from 20 to 50% less than you would pay in a traditional retail setting. So it's where I get my artisanic coconut butter. It's where I get my Primal Kitchen products. I love the chipotle mayo. I love the spicy ketchup and the Dijon. I get the Primal Kitchen salad dressings, and I spend way less on them. So if you have not yet checked out Thrive Market, they are expanding, but right now they're in the U.S. only, USA. Go to thrivemarket.com forward slash Primal Potential. When you register through that link, you get a free 30-day trial membership, and you save 20 percent on your first order. So definitely check it out, thrivemarket.com forward slash Primal Potential. I'll link that up in the show notes as well as all the ways you can connect with and learn more about today's guest, Rob Murgatroyd, as well as some of the questions that he poses in this episode. If you want to go back to them, write them down, try them on for size. Some of the things we talk about like morning pages, lots of stuff comes up in this episode. I'll link it up in the show notes. Set aside your defenses. There are a few curse words in this episode, so that defense set aside as well. And really challenge yourself to resist those excuses and exceptions as they pop up as you listen and instead stay committed to what is possible. For everything on the show notes, go to primalpotential.com forward slash 611. And with that, I'm excited for you to listen to my conversation with Rob. Rob, welcome to Primal Potential. I am so excited to chat with you today. I am so excited too, and I love that name, Primal Potential. Wow. And you have some roots in New England, if I'm not mistaken, right? Well, not officially. My wife, the only roots I have is via my wife. My wife is from Manchester, New Hampshire. I'll take it. If you were married into New England, you married well. You know, I don't know what it is about you New England people, but whenever you find anybody that's even remotely close to the region that you're from, all of a sudden you're besties. Right? They're just authentic and real. And now I'm talking about myself, but it's true across the board. We are just straight shooting real people. Yeah, I love, absolutely love New England. If it was... Um, if it didn't have humidity in the summer and it was um, a little bit warmer in the winter, we would actually consider moving there. 
I totally get that. I understand completely. Well, I'm excited to chat with you today, and I would love for you to bring everybody up to speed so they can know who you are and what you're doing now. Give me a little bit of what brought you to where you are today and your mission as you're living it now. Yeah, well, you know, for the last 25 years, I've been a chiropractor, and uh, I hit a, a point probably 10 years ago where I said, if one more person tells me their neck or back hurts, I'm going to shoot myself in the head. I couldn't take it anymore. It was um, very, very mundane. It was very routine. The profession is a great profession. I have no, um, no, qualms with the, no qualms with being a chiropractor. For me personally, I just got bored of the routine nature of it, and probably about um, five years ago-ish, I just decided that I needed a little bit of an outlet to kind of uh, just get away from the profession, get away from the day-to-day -day practice. So I started hiring docs to work for me in the office, and I started traveling more. And the more I started to travel, the more I started to realize that it was in that travel that I started opening up. Um, as an entrepreneur, getting more creative. Um, and so people started watching me and my wife travel around the world to different locations, asking me about it. And we started shooting little travel videos as sort of a creative outlet. We called, we created a company, we called it Jet Set Life. Um, and it was just, um, you know, travel videos of very unique destinations around the world. And I realized that I was more passionate about doing that than I was about the day-to-day -day operations of a chiropractor. So um, we started putting together um, more and more trips. And then I said, you know, I asked myself a question one day and I was like, I don't like doing this anymore. I want to be doing this. How can I extricate myself from my practice? Um, and that was a four-year challenge, five-year challenge, because I had to kind of figure out how I was going to replace my cushy income. You know, I had built up um, a lot of goodwill in the community. I had a, a thriving practice. I had to figure out how was I going to give that up, replace that income, and do more of what I love, which is what I'm currently doing now. And we could talk more about that, but I'll take a break so I can kind of uh, give you a sense for where we are to this point. One thing that I find really fascinating about what you said isn't so much that you were bored in, in the routine nature of what you were doing, but that you did something about it. Because my sense is that most of the people listening to this can relate to kind of going through the motions and not really enjoying life, living for the weekend, that sort of vibe, but accept that as the status quo as the way life is. And there's obviously something different about you in that you decided that's not the way my life will be. Can you dive into that a little bit more? Was there initially a moment of this is just being an adult? This is just being a professional? Was there fear involved? Because many people are feeling that and maybe haven't considered that there is another way yeah uh for sure all of the above every single every single word you just mentioned i felt and um you know uh tony robbins talks a lot about uh being tied to your story and the story was for me um i 
was $150,000 in student loan debt that I just paid off. I had a doctor in front of my name. I spent 25 years building a practice. Um, I only worked 15 to 20 hours a week. Um, what else did I want? Why was I pulling myself out of what I created a quarter of my life to create? Um, and still, there was this disconnect between my higher self and lower self saying, yeah, that's great, but that's not what you're meant to do anymore. Mm -hmm. That's not what's lighting you up anymore. That's not where your passion is anymore. And if you really want to be doing something else, you have to take a leap of faith. So, you know, what that looked like was a lot of introspection, a lot of conversations with my wife, a lot of fear. Um, but when it ultimately came down to what changed it was setting a deadline, which was last year. And that deadline was, I remember right where I was, my wife and I were sitting at the kitchen counter, we're having a glass of wine and she looked at me and she said, Rob, we can't do one more year with you not loving what you do. Life is just too damn short. Let's spend, um, a few hours, it probably is what it took us, a few hours whiteboarding out what we want. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to, I said, like blue sky thinking? She said, yeah, blue sky thinking. She said, we don't have to do it, but let's just, let's just do it. You know, let's just write it out. So we did. And um, I wrote down, um, spend my summers in Europe, leave chiropractic entirely, never go back to the office after December 31st, move to Southern California, take up surfing, live at the beach. And I just went for it. I just wrote it all down. And then we played uh, a game that we call Stupid Idea Time. And Stupid Idea Time is there's nothing that's off limits. We are saying in advance the ideas that we're about to say are probably going to be stupid anyway, which really just gives you permission to say it. Um, and let's just blow it out and see what we can come up with. And we did. And then we said, all right, now let's, let's play stupid idea, idea time a little bit further. Let's create some ways that we can create timelines against these actions and these goals that we want. And let's see how we can deploy against those actions. And the biggest one was, uh, I guess it was probably like, you know, maybe two months before the end of the year, maybe a little less, was... December 31, I still have a lease that's on my uh, strip mall space of 18 months. Um, and how do I get out of that? So I had to add up, you know, the five grand a month I was paying for that space over 18 months, you know, it was a year, a year and a half that I was going to lose that. And, you know, how do I fix that? Well, I could sell the practice. Well, the area was sort of like this rural area of Georgia. I had it up for sale. Um, it was really difficult to sell. Um, we don't have to get into the the battle of how difficult it is to sell a professional medical practice, you know, um, for a kid coming out of school that's several hundred thousand dollars in debt already. It's very difficult for them to get a loan. They generally don't see the value of it. It's not easy. So there was a lot of challenges that I had around that. So we made the decision that um, really, if we were going to do this, that we had to either walk away from it or come up with something creative. And we just went down each line of every single action. And then we looked at each other and we said, okay, these are the upsides. These are the downsides. How can we mitigate each of these downsides? And then we created a plan. 
And then the last step was to commit. And the commitment, you know, the Latin, the word commitment comes from the Latin root. Uh, the word decision comes from the Latin root incision, which means to cut off from all options. And so when we say that we're deciding and we're committing, then we really are. And so what created the change was us saying, no matter what happens on December 31st of last year, I'm never going in that office again. The office is closed. That's it. We're going to tell the patients. We're going to tell the staff. Everybody's going to know, and we're not coming back. And what that did was it put me up against a wall. And the wall was, okay, do I really want to just give this thing away? Well, now I have to. Now I made the commitment that I'm going to give it away. And so then I started calling. I got creative, and I started calling chiropractors that were local. And I said, I'm, I have 25 years of patients that can literally, I could put a sign on the door, they could just walk into your office. And maybe you'll lose half of them, but you'll gain a lot. What are you willing to offer me for that? And I'll put it on. And then I started getting a lot of interest. And then it became fun. And so I can go through all of the details of all of that. But the point is that what I spent five years bitching, complaining, saying I couldn't do it, telling myself the story of how it was never going to happen. And I spent two seconds making a decision and two hours executing a plan and then taking a step forward and saying, that's it. We're doing it. One thing that I am imagining as I put myself in the shoes of my listeners, and I'm sure you've heard this before, had these conversations before, people thinking, well, it's easy for you, Rob, because you owned a business. So if you have something like that to sell, then of course you can start over. But I work for somebody else, but I don't have an asset like that. Granted, it comes with major responsibilities and risks, of course, as business owners know, but hiring doctors so that you can travel and only work 15 to 20 hours a week, even before you exit. But I know, because we've chatted a little bit offline, I know you work with people who don't own businesses, who don't have a practice that they can sell and are still facing this sense of I'm bored and I'm not living my life fully and I'm leaving so much on the table, but I don't know what to do. So if you could get in the mind of somebody listening who's saying, I love the idea, super inspiring story, how do I? start to think about what I could do to set myself free from circumstances that aren't fulfilling me, what would you want to say to those people? Uh, can I curse on your show? Sure. All right. So it's a bunch of bullshit and it's just a story. I don't care if you're working in a cubicle. I don't care if you're a neurosurgeon. I don't care if you're working in Cirque du, Cirque du Soleil. It does not matter. What matters is life is really, really freaking short. And um, if you don't make the decision and create a plan to get out of it, eventually it will eat, eat you away to the point where you'll become miserable. Your relationships will be affected. Your happiness will be affected. Your diet will be affected. You'll start probably drinking more and eating more because you want to numb yourself out from some of the pain that you're feeling. Your connection with your children is going to be affected. It will permeate all the areas of your life. So I could have just as easily said, 
Well, my story was I'm making all of this money and I'm walking away from the lifestyle that I am, a, and, and this may sound like, oh, poor me, but there was a standard of living and there was a lifestyle that I had that I was willing to say, I'm giving it all up. I'm walking away from all of it because I want to make my life better and I want to do the things I'm happy about. And the reason why I get intense about this is because you could tell the story every day for 10 years about why you can't do this. And nobody is going to come knock on your door and say to you, no, 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 you really can. Here's the thing. You have to find a place in yourself and say, I'm in a situation where it feels like I can't, but if I could, what would that look like? Yeah. There are a million people who are in situations that they don't want to be in. They hate being there. Some of them stay and some of them create a plan to get out of it. Some of them will work evenings and weekends while we're do doing that job to build another one. The point is that nothing will happen if you don't make, number one, a decision to do it, and number two, make a decision to lose the story. I had that story for five years. And there's the only one who's going to get yourself out of it is you. I tell myself, I was thinking about this when you were talking about blue sky thinking. Mm -hmm. What I ask myself every single day, I take at least five minutes to say, what is possible? What if blank was possible? And one of the primary reasons I do it is to flex that muscle, to build that muscle of not thinking in terms of the way things have always been or what seems realistic. Yeah, I've got to uh, have the answers, right? Because oftentimes I'm like, I don't know. But sometimes that blue sky thinking can seem really scary. Like our adult rational brain starts to go, yeah, but what about this? Or well, sure, sounds nice, but you have X, Y, and Z to contend with. And I am all about flexing that think outside the box and dream big muscle. And it sounds to me like that is that has become part of the way you think and live. Is that, is that accurate? It is accurate. So there's two things. One is I know that, you know, maybe some of your listeners may be um, having a challenge with um, you know, we'll use weights because that's a one, that's one that everybody can certainly identify with trying to lose some weight. You could be talking about it for five or 10 years, but if you talk to somebody who actually lost the weight, there was a point that they hit thresholds and they said, not another minute, not another day. And that was it. So it wasn't that it took them 10 years to lose the weight. It took them two seconds to make the decision and then they had to figure it out. So everything comes down to, I think, you getting enough leverage on yourself where you're willing to make a decision to go, and take, uh, to go and take the next actions. Now, to your point of journaling, I learned something from Tim Ferriss that was super, super helpful for me, and I think you're gonna love it. So when you're taking that five minutes in, your, in the morning, I gave this to our, uh, our mutual friends, uh, Chris and Lori Harder, and they do it regularly now. In fact, she did a podcast on this. Um, it, it really, really helped them when they were at a point in their life where they were, you know, had some challenges. Um, there's, three, there's three questions that you ask specifically. Number one is what would this look like if it were easy? Hmm. So if you, if I had, and we did this with the practice, so what would this look like if it were easy? Well, it would look like I, 
I called the doctor that was down the block and I said, Hey, you want to practice? I'm going to send a bunch of patients to you. That would, that would be easy. So they just start brainstorming. The second question is what would it look like if it were fun? Mm. And the last question is what would it look like if it were elegant? And all three of those questions are designed to trigger different parts of your brain to give you different answers to whatever challenge you're coming up against. And when I do my, um, I do a process in the morning, we can talk about it if you like, but I do a process in the morning called the morning pages. Um, and part of my morning pages, which is effectively journaling in a very specific way, but um, part of that process is asking those questions. And the answers that I get are dramatic and they're super helpful. And you could feel the stress just just going away from your body as these answers that you're like, I don't even know where that came from. Come questions are very, very powerful. I totally agree. I, I, I wrote my entire first book around the idea of questions to ask yourself to create massive change. So we are so on the same page there. And it's so funny because three or four days ago, I posted on Instagram, I choose to make it easy. I look to make it fun. So we are, wow. We are on the same, literally, <laughs> I was like, all right, I was having a tough day with work and I was just kind of in like a meh mode for no reason. And uh, I said, all right, Elizabeth, I choose to make this easy and I am looking to make it fun. So what is that going to look like? Tell me about your morning pages because I am a huge believer in starting the day with intention and opportunity. So I'd love to know what that looks like for you. Sure. So um, the morning pages came from uh, Francis Ford Coppola's wife, uh, Julie Cameron, ex-wife. Um, she worked, um, they're still uh, close, and she teaches these courses for some of the people that are on his movies, as well as um, other actors for writer's block. And, you know, people were coming to her, you know, with this, these challenges, and they're like, I just, I'm trying to write all of a sudden I can't write anymore. I don't know what's going on, you know, or the writing that I'm doing is shit and I can't figure out what it is. And so over the course of 20 years, she developed this thing called the morning pages. And effectively what the morning pages is, is journaling for the garbage can. So in other words, you're not looking for grammar or penmanship. You're not looking to save it for posterity. You're looking to, to write it and then dump it. And through her 20 years of research, what she found is the magic number is three full pages. So think of an eight and, a, eight and a half by 11 notebook and you're writing three pages. It generally takes about 15 to 20 minutes to accomplish. Um, the guy who created um, Billions, Brian Koppelman um, and uh, Tim Ferriss, again, uh, were on his podcast, which is where I first heard about it. And uh, Brian Koppelman said, you know, I would have... Uh, I would have never created billions. I would have never done the documentary for Tony Robbins. I'm not your guru. Um, and he would just went down the line if I did not do this process. So Tim Ferriss was asking him about it. He's like, well, you know, why is this so powerful? He said, well, in the morning, you know, our body is a record of the past. Everything, everything we do, we think about what happened in the past. We're like, you know, we're the only species in the world that can have something happen to us four or five days ago. And it's still bouncing around our head. You know, even, even a tiger that is running, you know, for its life, once that cortisol goes away, you know, they're, they're sipping water in a, you know, a little babbling brook 15 minutes later, and they're not even thinking about what just happened. But with us, we have this ram that keeps popping up with all of these 
these thoughts um, that are in there. So he said, look at it like the dust on the carpet. So you wake up in the morning and you have all of the things that you are thinking that you need to do, want to do, things that have happened in the past, negative uh, feelings, um, a fight that you had with somebody, a fight that you want to have with whatever, all these different things that come up. If you don't clear that cash, if you don't get that out of your head, mm -hmm. that just starts to build up. And your ability to be creative, not competitive, because there's a difference, but your ability to be creative is radically hindered because you've got all this dust that's in your RAM. So the process is sit down, cup of coffee, cup of tea. First thing in the morning, you got to get up 15, 20 minutes earlier, open a notebook and you start writing. And you write, if you looked at mine, it looks like I'm an ax murderer. I mean, it is, um, I feel fat. I feel skinny. I feel rich. Why am I so poor? Why, is, why does everybody hate me? Why am I so freaking amazing? Why can't I hit my ass with both hands? And I just keep writing. The first page, you look like you're a, you look like you belong in a mental asylum. Like it's insane what comes out of there. If you're willing to go there. Yeah. Then the second page, you start looking back on the first page and going, oh my God, that was a lot of shit that was in me. I didn't even know it was in there. And then you start gaining clarity. By the time you get to the third page, which is what I do is I write at the top of the page, what would this look like if it were easy? What would this look like if it were fun? And what would this look like if it were elegant? I take whatever it is that's on my mind. If I am, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, but if I'm working on, like right now, I'm taking a, a mastermind group to uh, the French Riviera. So I have that on my mind. So, you know, I'll ask myself, okay, now that I've dumped the cash, now the cobwebs are out of my head, what would this look like if it were easy? What would this look like if it were fun? What would this look like if it were elegant? And now my brain is like, easy. The girl at the Meridian Hotel would email me back, elegant. In their rooms, I would have beach balls with work hard, play hard, which is the name of my company, that's in there. Fun. We would, uh, I would get a champagne gun so that when we're, you know, doing a vintage car ride, I got, you know, you get the idea. So that's, that's what I do on the last page. So for anybody that is looking to do it, it's super, super simple. You can get the book morning pages, or you could just listen to what I said, because that's effectively what the book is going to tell you. I'm sitting here thinking, okay, this renovation that's happening in my house right now, what would it look like if it were easy? And I feel like I need to uh, have some conversations with my contractor about easy, fun, and elegant. Yeah. It's, it's, they're really powerful because each one of those things, um, you know, if you think about it, like if you, even if you're having a, a, a fight with a spouse or an argument or, or a coworker or whatever, and you say, you know, what would this look like if it were easy? Yeah, if it were easy, I'd just go in and say, you know, I, I may have been an asshole. And if I was, I'm, I'm really sorry. And I know we have this tension. What would this look like if it were fun? Maybe you go get a cupcake and you bring a cupcake to him or her and say, hey, I just wanted to tell you I love it. What would this look like if it were elegant? If it were elegant, maybe you got a beautiful card with a note or maybe you took them out to dinner. You get the idea. It yeah. just gives you different ways, different slices to come up with. You know, it's like three stupid little questions, but man, they work. Well, my boyfriend thanks you and doesn't even know it because <laughs> he's going to be grateful because I'm going to be thinking that through after our, our little spat yeah. before he left for work this morning. Yeah. For sure. I'm already like, hmm, fun. Okay. Um, so you have a lot of different ways that you are turning your personal operating system 
into a business. Yeah. Because all of this, to me, as I listen to you talk about your process for exiting your practice, your process for, you know, thinking about your life in general, and even interacting with your wife, it, to me, it ties very much back to your, your business initiatives right now. And the whole notion that you talk about in your podcast and in your mastermind of work hard, play hard. So tell me a little bit about how you are turning these principles into a new business that allows you to live the way you intended to when you started planning to exit your practice. Sure. So, you know, in the beginning, um, like with every business that you do or every idea that you come up with, what you think is going to be the exact way you're going to do it never winds up being exactly the way you're going to do it. You learn things as you, as you dive in. You, all you have is you know step one, step two maybe that's in front of you and you just kind of go with it. And what I've learned since I've decided to, um, to create this mastermind, and I think maybe what I can do first is explain what the mastermind is um, and then talk about um, the answer to the question. So for those, for, for your listeners that don't know what a mastermind is, it's pretty simple. You're just taking you know, 20, 30, 40 people that are roughly in the same economic bracket. You're kind of putting them all together into a soup and uh, you're coming up with exercises that they can do with each other to help each other brainstorm their businesses. So you might have a dentist talking to a lawyer, um, sharing struggles. The lawyer is going to have one perspective. The dentist is going to have another, just to use an example everybody knows. Um, and you help each other. You help each other grow. You help each other hold, hold each other accountable, et cetera. So I've always loved that idea. I love working with people. Um, I love coaching. I love uh, entrepreneurship. So a mastermind for me felt really good, but there was something that was missing. And I just have, you know, like ADD. I can't sit still. And sitting, you know, sitting in a mastermind with the long table and the white tablecloth and the water and the mints and, you know, prepackaged speakers and, you know, breakout sessions were great, but I just felt like I wanted to do something different because when I really looked at where I grew, I grew best when I grow best when I have experiences. So in other words, if I'm, you know, if I'm in Italy having, uh, you know, some pasta with you um, on the side of the Mediterranean, I'm going to have a much different, I'm in a much different state. We're going to have a much different conversation. Um, Our surroundings are going to stimulate me in different ways. And I just thought, what if I took the mastermind concept and I, combined it with what I really know well, which is creating um, experiences for people, uh, particularly internationally. And so I just came up with this idea and um, I called it work hard, play hard. There's two kinds of people that are in this mastermind. There's one person that is the chiropractor like I was that is really not digging what they're doing and they're kind of in a transitional point in their life. And then there's the other one that absolutely freaking loves like our mutual friends Chris Chris and Lori Harder that absolutely love what they do but they're so freaking addicted to it that they can't get themselves away from it because they love what they do and if somebody doesn't reach in grab them pull them by the shirt collar and take them on a trip every hundred days they're not going to do it so that's a very long-winded answer to give you but that's that's why I created it and that's what it is that sounds like a lot of fun. It is. And a great way to align doing what you want and doing it in a way that 
still gives you that sense. Cause to me, it sounds like you, you are somebody who loves to build things. So it's not just about the vacation piece. You could do that by yourself, but building this experience for other people seems like part of the, part of the joy for you. What I would love to do, and of course I will link to where folks can learn more about your podcast, where they can learn more about your mastermind over in the show notes on primalpotential.com. But I wanted to wrap up with one of your beliefs and values as you describe it on your website. I would love for you to take me into a moment where you have had to practice what you preach here. You say, when you're stepping into uncharted territories and you're unsure of yourself, which I think we all feel on a regular basis, unsure of ourselves, self-doubt, feeling like we don't belong or something is beyond us, you say to yourself, I belong here until it feels real to you. Can you take me into a moment where you've had to do that and tell me what that practice looks like for you? You know, it's so funny. I didn't know that was on my website, but as you were saying that, my subconscious started popping up. I belong. I belong. I, so I have hardwired this in. Yes, I can absolutely tell you um, where this came from. So I was in uh, a buddy of mine has a podcast uh, called The School of Greatness. Uh, Lewis House, you should check it out. It's really good. Um, and he had a guy at one of the events that he does. Um, I don't remember his, his name, but it was, he's called, uh, he goes by the name, the hip hop preacher. And, um, he's a big oh, Eric black Thomas. There you go. Big black dude. And I had a chance to, uh, to hang out with him and, and talk with him. And one of the things that he said was when I asked him, I was like, so, you know, you came from, you know, just nothing and you walked into a room and now you're on television and you're everywhere. Did you ever feel this disconnect between, you know, your upbringing, your surroundings, your identity and being around people that are at such a high level? He goes, dude, I felt it all the time. He said, I just had to keep saying to myself, I belong here. I belong here. I belong here. And I was like, whoa. He said, so when I walk into a room and I have a thousand people that are standing there, I step onto the stage and I say, I belong here until it starts to feel real. And then your brain eventually, when it gets into your subconscious, if you do it enough, at first when you do it, your brain's going to go bullshit. No, you don't. Bullshit. You're a loser. Bullshit. You know, that crazy thing is going to happen. But then when that goes away, you're going to be programming yourself to say I belong. So now any situation that I feel insecure, inadequate, like I'm in over my head, I say, you know what? I belong here. I belong here. The good Lord above would not have led me to this moment if I didn't. I belong here. And it continues to be a practice, right? Uh, Oh my God. Every day, every day. I had one, um, I had one just the other day um, where I was, um, I was talking to, um, do you know the, uh, you know, the lady who owns uh, Spanx? Oh yeah. Uh, Sarah Blakely. Yeah. Right. So she lives in my area, but I never came across her. Mm-hmm. So here I am in a situation going, Oh my God, this woman is a billionaire. I was like, you know what? I belong here. I belong here. Yeah. And so, you know, if it's something like super high end like that, or if it's something where I just feel in any situation where I feel insecure or inadequate, 
I just tell myself I belong. And what's happening now is the moment I feel insecure, immediately my brain is starting to go, you belong here, dude. Wake up. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes your inner voice over time with practice. There you go. Well done. Where can people connect with you? I'm going to put all the links on the show notes at Primal Potential, but for people who are listening and are like, I want to know more about what Rob's doing. I want to learn from this guy. What are the best ways that people can connect with what you have going on in your messages? Yeah, I would go to workhardplayhardmastermind.com. Um, that is uh, the primary space. There is, uh, there's effectively three things that I do that's on there, um, along with all the social media links. But one is um, the mastermind, which we discussed. Uh, two is the podcast, which we discussed. And three is um, there's a lot of people who want to be doing my mastermind and either are not in a position in their life to do it, either economically or for time reasons. Um, and they ultimately want to get there. And for those people, I do uh, coaching. Very cool. Rob, thank you so much for your thoughts. I uh, am going to be putting into practice today, what would this look like if it were easy? What would look, it look like if it was hard? What would it look like if it was elegant to uh, get over this little spat with my boyfriend? So thank you so much for that. Good. Take away the word hard and put fun. You meant to say fun, didn't you? <laughs> Did I say hard? What would this yeah. look like? <laughs> yeah. Well, hey. <laughs> I, think, I think Sigmund Freud just walked in the room. I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. I love ending with laughter. I love beginning with laughter. Thank you so much for the work that you are doing. And I am excited to share it with the world. Thank you for having me. I really, really enjoyed it. I can't believe this hour went by so quickly. It sure did. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.